present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week amid the south coast splendour of Brighton, a city boasting a rich culture and history. A settlement is first recorded here as long ago as 3000 BC, when Celtic Druids practised their ancient worship of oaks, mistletoe and virgin maidens. And indeed, oaks and mistletoe are still plentiful in Brighton. <laughs> Proud of its heritage, Brighton City Council has taken to naming its buses after local landmarks and people, such as the boxer Chris Eubank, the Devil's Dyke, Julie Birchall, and a nice... <laughs> and a nice couple from Hove, Mr and Mrs 23B. <laughs> Whilst the Brighton of today is best known for its fashionable chic and the stylish modernity of its young and vibrant population, there are extreme contrasts. Let's meet four of them. <laughs> they are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Phil Jupiter. And eager as ever to work flat out on the scoring desk next to me, please welcome the lovely Samantha. <laughs> Okay, our first round is called Blatant Lies, where the teams suggest the most obviously untrue statements imaginable. I'm really looking forward to this one. <laughs> Read that if you can. Actually, the idea for this game... <laughs> the idea for this game arose recently when Barry told us his tailor said he has the body measurements of an Olympic athlete with the muscular structure of a 20-year-old. <laughs> Ludicrous. <laughs> As if Barry Cryer's ever seen a tailor. <laughs> Graham, will you start, please? The ever-popular Jim Davidson. <laughs> Tim. Actually, I've already bought the big issue. <laughs> Barry. I must get home. The Jehovah's Witnesses are in the area and I want to be in. <laughs> Phil. It's no vicar. None of us 200 people know of any reason or impediment why these two should not be joining. <laughs> <laughs> it's the great taste of muesli. <laughs> I very much enjoyed your book, Professor Hawking. <laughs> A cuddle, that's all I want. <laughs> Wales says fun to me. I always watch Never Mind the Buzzcocks. <laughs> I love the goodies. <laughs> Sorry, Ulrika, I was just admiring that brooch. <laughs> And that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, the teams are going to sing for us now in a round called One Song to the Tune of Another. This is a... This is a concept of such elemental simplicity, you'd have to be cursed with the attention span of a goldfish to fail to grasp what's involved. So while Samantha changes the team's water, let me explain. <laughs> Most songs comprise two basic elements, the words or lyrics and the tune or music. It might help to think of these two components as being like the engine and body of a car. It's possible to take the engine or words out of a car and replace it with a new engine, or indeed a used item taken from a different car or song. Or if your car has a rusty body shell or tune, you may wish to buy a new one and transfer your old engine or words into it. Now, I can tell by the look of horror on the team's faces exactly what they're thinking. Has the governor gone radio rental? Is he feeling Sheridan Morley? Surely, surely he's not suggesting throwing hard-earned sobs at some spanner monkey who might bodge the job. Quite right, it's all too easy to end up with some backstreet, untrained cowboy messing things up. <laughs> at the piano, we have Colin Sell. Okay, Graham, you can start. Would you please sing the words of Great Balls of Fire to the tune of How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? <clears throat> you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will, oh, what a thrill. Woof, woof. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Woof, woof. I learned to love all of Hollywood money. You came along and you moved me, honey. I changed my mind, looking fine. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Woof, woof. Okay, your turn now, Tim. Would you please sing the words of Java Jive to the tune of Bridge Over Troubled Water? <laughs> I love coffee. I love tea. I love the Java Jive. And it loves me. Coffee and tea. And the Java and me. A cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, I love Java sweet and hot, loves Mr. Moto, I'm a coffee Now, I'd like you to sing the words of the lovely song Feelings to the tune of the Colonel Bogey March. <laughs> feelings, nothing more than feelings. I'm trying to forget my feelings of love. Teardrops rolling down on my face, trying to forget my feel. Of love feelings for all my life, I'll feel it. I wish I've never met you, girl. You'll never come again. Feelings, whoa, 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 feelings. And 
finally, Barry, would you please sing the words of the laughing policeman to the tune of Unchained Melody? <laughs> I know a fat old policeman He's always on a street A fat and jolly red-faced man He really is a treat He's too kind for a policeman He's never known to frown And everybody says he the happiest man in town. Ha 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 We have a round now called New Jobs. As the economic downturn bites even deeper, many workers are having to think about a change of career. The former boss of Railtrack is now a headmaster at the only comprehensive in Britain without a timetable. <laughs> Our special guest, Phil Jupitus, left school to train as a chauffeur, but after failing his driving test and getting lost on the way home, had to take up minicabbing instead. <laughs> In this round, each team member will play the part of someone who has changed occupation. As he performs this new service for his teammate, the opposing team must guess from the exchange what his old job might have been. Okay, Barry and Graham, you can start us off as a doctor and his patient, with Graham as the new doctor. The title of Graham's previous job is now being exhibited on the laser display board, and here's the mystery voice for listeners at home. Editor of the Innovations Catalogue. Editor of the Innovations Catalogue. OK. Here we go, then. Ah, <coughs> oh, good morning, Farmer Brown. <laughs> good morning, Doctor. Uh, I've got this terrible cold. Oh, then say goodbye to nose-drip misery with... <laughs> <laughs> with nasobung organic... <laughs> cork nose-stoppers with a hint of mint. <laughs> My back's still playing me up. Oh, you're back. Oh, well, uh, drop your trousers. I'll have a look. Uh, oh, my blasted belt. Uh-oh. <laughs> Stuck belt buckle misery. <laughs> you need new Romanian satellite-controlled microwave buckle buster. Sheds trousers in a trice. £22.95. <laughs> You got any idea, Phil? Well, I just want to say goodbye to belt buckle misery. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds to me a bit like an innovation. Tim and Phil, you're going to be a car salesman and customer now, with Tim as a new salesman on the team. The title of Tim's former job is now being displayed, and here once more is the mystery voice for listeners at home. A Jedi Knight. 
a Jedi Knight. Hello, uh, I'm thinking of buying a car. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Luke. Luke over here. <laughs> I have a Ford Galaxy for you. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that, that's a bit far, far away, that one. Uh, look, it's not what I want. Do you have any off-road vehicles at all? Use the 4x4. Four four. <laughs> Look, you, I have Welsh blood. <laughs> no, I mean, the one I'm looking for, it's definitely, it's, it's the Explorer I want. You don't want the Explorer, Luke. I don't want the Explorer. <laughs> No, you don't want the Explorer. No. What do you want? I want... <laughs> a Renault? I want the Renault. You want... <laughs> a Renault D2 Second Edition? <laughs> the R2D2. <laughs> With a personalised number plate, C... P3. <laughs> a pleasure doing business with you. Thank you. May the Ford be with you. <laughs> Is it a Guinness commercial? <laughs> God sees him. The next, the next round is called Word for Word. <laughs> the next round is called Word for Word, in which one team will exchange a series of random words. It's a bit like Start the Week, except the teams might occasionally use words we've actually heard before. <laughs> Tim and Phil, will you start exchanging words now, please? Barry and Graham, you should buzz if you detect a connection. OK, off you go, Tim. Castanets. Swordfish. Ivories. Felt. Cockaleaky. Buzz. Graham. <laughs> I'm sorry, he tricked me. <laughs> In which case, you'd better take it up. All right. Pipe. Ectoplasm. Slippers. Gerund. Lamp. Lassitude. Phil. I suffer from lamp lassitude quite regularly. There's <laughs> a dimness of the light and I can't read by it. Yes, I'll accept that challenge. Good so, one. Uh, oh, yeah. Well done, Phil. Yeah. That makes us ahead by ten. Nine. Nine. Thanks. Sorry. Eight. <laughs> challenge from Phil. Nine comes after eight. <laughs> Clever boy. Yes. Another correct challenge. Oh, carry on. Phil. Oh, heron. Challenge from Phil. Uh, Heron has got the letter O in it. <laughs> yes, I'll accept that. Carry on, Phil. <laughs> You've got some visitors this afternoon. <laughs> Uh, 
Well, our next game is entitled... <laughs> our next game is entitled Human Voice Box, and it's all about sound effects. The radio sound effect has the power to create a theatre of the mind, conjuring vivid mental pictures. For example, if the listeners hear an owl hoot, they know it's a tranquil night scene. Either that or an impatient owl driving a car. <laughs> and if they hear quack, 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 they know it's Jonathan Ross describing his crazy paving. <laughs> As we're going through a bit of a cost-cutting exercise, in this game, the teams will have to provide sound effects vocally. One team will tell a story for which the other team has to supply appropriate noises to suit whatever is mentioned in the story. Anyone failing to provide the appropriate sound effect will have a point deducted. Tim and Phil, you're to start. If you'd now care to relate your tale, and Barry and Graham, I'd like you to provide the sound effects. Harry Potter hated the muggles, who, whenever they saw him, went... Oh, look, Harry Potter. <laughs> Away silently. <laughs> what a relief it was for him to be back at Hogwarts, where he could hear the sound of Hagrid's friendly hippogriffs, which sounded like this. Hello, we're the hippogriffs. <laughs> But as all young wizards know, hippogriffs become mute in December. Harry had forgotten this fact. Then there was a screech of his owl. Eep! His old friend Hermione. Ah, <laughs> oh, please. Who had found the dragon sweets. Harry had his new broom, the Firebolt Four, which made a wonderful noise. That no one seemed to be able to copy, and when they did, they appeared pathetic and talentless. <laughs> and what, what is more, it meant that they had lost the game. Good night. <laughs> okay, your turn to tell a story now, Barry and Graham, and uh, you're providing the sound effects this time, Tim and Phil. So off you go, please, Barry and Graham. <clears throat> the year, 1896, China. <laughs> was laid out on the table on the veranda. <laughs> it was India, the height of the Raj. <laughs> Can you do that with your mouth? <laughs> The height of the Raj. That's five foot ten, Dr. Pasod. <laughs> <laughs> the Bengal Lancers were surrounded. Open fire, said the Colonel. <laughs> Nothing like it, he said, warming his hands in front of the blaze. <laughs> the company marched onto the parade ground, and the Colonel admired their drill. Oh, very nice.
so he should. It was a black and decker. <laughs> Suddenly, a shell landed in the middle of camp. It was a conch. The colonel picked it up and listened to it. Elephants, he cried. That's nice. <laughs> Where are the... You can do it with your mouth. <laughs> See, the elephant hasn't been very well. <laughs> Where are the bloody elephants, he said. Gungadin, blow Rivelli. Thank you, said Captain Ravelli. <laughs> Next time, don't make so much noise. <laughs> it's time now for an old favourite called Cheddar Gorge. Just one of a surprisingly... Just one of a surprisingly large catalogue of games taking their names from famous landmarks. In Edinburgh, they play Arthur's Seat. It's like musical chairs, except there's no music and only one chair, which... which belongs to Arthur. In, <laughs> In Devon, they enjoy Westwood Ho, a game that involves pointing garden tools at the setting sun. <laughs> and, of course, over in Leeds, they play Yorkshire Dales, which involves pretending to host supermarket sweep with your face coated in Cuprinol. <laughs> this week, we're playing alphabetical Cheddar Gorge. The players must construct a sentence using words in strict alphabetical order until they reach Z. If anyone can't think of a word within the time limit, he must go back to the letter A and start again without repeating any words already used. OK, Tim, you can start. If I detect a time limit infringement, I shall, of course, tweak my horn. <laughs> Thus. <laughs> Off you go, Jim. Jim? <laughs> <laughs> I'd take that if I were you. He called you dim earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim. A. Beautiful. Oh, is it me now? <laughs> Thanks for explaining the rules. <laughs> Start again. A. Beautiful. Cow. Decided. Easily. For A. Oh, A. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so write the alphabet down. <laughs> <laughs> and then follow it with my pen. <laughs> Avaricious! What? What? Avaricious. Avaricious. Repetition. Beast. Caught. Delightedly. Everything. Found. Going. Happily. In. Just knowing little men. <laughs> Naughtily. Outside. Pretty. Queensway. <laughs> Restaurants. Sitting. 
towards uh, and others. <laughs> you go to some great parties. Don't you? Very well. <laughs> Xenophobically. <laughs> Yet. Zoologically. <laughs> Great story, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time to squeeze in a quick round of Italian Radio Times. <laughs> Samantha has to go now. She's off to meet her Italian gentleman friend who's taking her out for an ice cream. She says she likes nothing better than to spend the evening licking the nuts off a large Neapolitan. <laughs> she's away enjoying that, I'd like the teams to suggest <laughs> what programmes might be listed in a special Italian edition of the Radio Times. Graham, will you start, please? Changing Rome. <laughs> Tonight on Tagliatelle. <laughs> Pope star. <laughs> Two Fiat ladies. <laughs> Blue pizza. <laughs> Star Trek Deep Pan Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be a gondolier? <laughs> With Chris Taranto. And on Radio 4, Brain of Italy. <laughs> the weakest linguini. Starring Parmesan Robinson. got the Vatican supplement here, the most popular show, One Man and His Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> and there's... Uh, that play... featured on top of the Pope's. Yeah. <laughs> they got Play Your Cardinals Right, 3, 2, None. <laughs> Have I got tiramisu's for you? <laughs> Never mind the biscotti. <laughs> In the radio section, there's the Maffy Archers. Uh, it's more trouble with foot and mouth this week as they cut off Linda Snell's foot for having a big mouth. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, as the false teeth of time come away in the Granny Smith of destiny... <laughs> ..and the Grandpa Smith of fate decides he needs stronger dentifix... I notice it's the end of the show. So from the teams, Samantha, myself and the good folk of Brighton, it's goodbye. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Phil Jupiters have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs>